You're listening to the Uncensored Direct Marketing Show. This show is designed for direct response marketers who want raw, unfiltered conversion tips and secrets to scale their offers profitably to reach their next million. I'm Maria Sparagas. I'm the founder of Direct Paynet and your host. Now let's dive in. Welcome to another episode of Uncensored Direct Marketing. Today, I have a very special guest for you guys. I have Adil Amarzi. So Adil, um, you know, thank you so much for appearing on my show. Uh, we've been waiting for a couple of months to have you on. Um, I know that you have a lot of your students and a lot of people who actually follow you who have already been on the podcast. Um, so can you tell our guests a little bit about what you do and what keeps you busy these days? So hi everybody, thank you for having me on the show, Maria. Um, it has been an absolute—it's been an absolute honor trying to get here. I'm glad that we actually finally got to do this. Um, so, as you said, my name is Adam Marcy, and over the last 21 years of my life, I'm 33 now. I've been basically in direct response and copywriting um, profession since I was 18, but been in it since I was 12. Um, and what I do now is I'm more of a creative director than anything else. So I get hired to strategically to strategically consult businesses on exactly what they can do in the advertising, the psychographics, the demographics, understand why and how their market is responding and whatever else is going on. On top of that, I also run a mentoring company, the Copywriting Mentoring Mastery Program, or the CMMP, along with my business partner, Shift Shetty, where we have uh, Laurie Morgan, who's a legendary copywriter, Pauline Longdon, and Rob Allen as our co-coaches in that business as well. Outside of that, I am pretty much just currently traveling around the world, having a bit of a laugh, having a little bit of fun, and just enjoying life as is. So that's pretty much what I do right now. Oh, and teaching other copywriters how to uh, get that business correct. Okay, so your first love and your first kind of foray into this industry was through copywriting, and you've kind of transitioned to different roles in marketing and obviously have learned the game, as we call it, uh, and moved on. So uh, what first attracted you to copywriting? Because you said, you know, you said you're 33, you've been doing this for 21 years, which is a pretty long time for somebody who's 33. So what what kind of got you into copywriting at uh, the ripe age of 12 years old? Actually, I, like many people, I fell backwards into this, but I actually but fell backwards into this by complete accident at a re, really young age. So my dad actually was paralyzed when I was five years old. He was paralyzed from the waist down for two years, um, miraculously recovered. But during that two-year period, uh, it was the 90s. So, of course, I loved watching Cartoon Network. My oldest sister loved watching Nickelodeon. So we'd have this huge fight about who got to watch what. So I basically figured out that if I sat down and watched whatever my dad was watching, I could essentially watch what I wanted. So he would love to watch a trivia show called Countdown, a 15 to 1, a numbers and uh, letters show called Countdown, and then absolutely loved watching the Home Shopping Channel for two hours a day, six days a week for the two-year period. And of course, I'm sitting there watching Billy May's pitch for two hours a day, six days a week for two years in my most formative years when I'm taking in this information from one of the greatest pitchmen of all time. Fast forward to the age of 12, my parents get told by my teacher, your son is smart, but he's very, very slow in his handwriting, so he needs to actually speed up. So my dad, in his infinite wisdom, decided at this point he could walk. So at this point, he decided in his infinite wisdom to get me to start writing stories. So I'd write stories about whatever I could. Now, it just so happened he had an import-export company, and I'd spend my time writing stories about his business and what he was doing. Fast forward to the time I'm 18. I mean, I was doing this for a few years. My entire dream at this point was to either become a stand-up comic or become a tie boxer, which thankfully I did both in short in short forms. Um, but when I was 18 years old, a really bad back injury actually crippled me for a little while. I couldn't get out. I couldn't train for anything. So I was just basically kind of like stuck to bed. Um, and at the time, I had a network marketing company. The network marketing company went under. Like I moved out of that. 
Um, I ended up going to a seminar where someone asked me, what are you really good at? Because I became friends with the speakers and they're like, what are you really good at? Because I was 18. I was like, I'm really bad at traffic. They're like, yeah, but what are you good at? I was like, well, 10 people read my blog post and seven of them gave me money. I mean, that's just terrible. And they were like, holy shit, you must be, you must be a natural copywriter. There's people in this room, they'll pay you tens of thousands of dollars. Now, of course, in my head, I had the whole, I'm not good enough. I'm only 18, 19 years old. Um, so I decided decided that I would only charge like 500 bucks for like a full funnel. And I'd be like, I have to get this done in three days because it has to be done in three days. Little did I know that I needed to do research and everything else. Now, thankfully, I was very lucky. Uh, so we're talking 2008, early 2009. Um, I just started writing ads. And basically, when I spoke to my dad about this, he uh, pulled out this black file he had up in the attic and goes, read these ads. So I was reading the ads. And uh, by the third one, I was like, this looks really, really familiar. And he goes, yeah, you wrote them. I was like, what do you mean? He goes, remember all those stories that you used to give me? I was like, yeah. He goes, I used to take those stories to our copywriters to like proofread for story and idea, put a headline, put a call to action. And we just like edit out your work so we can make it more readable. And we'd mail that stuff every single week to actually sell our business. And eventually he sold the company when I was 16. But obviously he never told me any of this stuff until I was about 18, 19 years old. And um, ever since then, I've just basically been in the trenches writing copy pretty much uh, for yeah. everyone. Fact, he didn't pay you any CPA or, or he didn't pay you anything for all that work. He was, uh, he was just bankrolling his son. <laughs> uh, so I'm, I'm both like Asian and African. So I'm like, I come from multiple different heritages, but like mostly the Indian and African. Um, so that is basically known as uh, child labor and it's completely <laughs> legal and fine. And um, you either get an ass whooping or you get paid. And I was like, I'll, I'll, I'll take not getting an ass whooping. Let's just go with that instead. Okay, good. I mean, I used to do my dad's taxes when I was 14. So um, now, I mean, I know that you, you know, you've been doing this for a really long time and you have quite the following uh, and you do a lot of coaching. So how did you go from, you know, copywriter uh, to marketer to coaching? Are you doing mainly coaching right now? Or would you say you're doing a lot more kind of like the offers and so forth? Kind of all the above. Like okay. it's, a, it's a weird balancing act because like I get paid to coach, uh, daily because like when i'm not on holiday where i'm right now it's um i'd basically be sitting down and i'd be coaching different copywriters on their copy every single week in my business um or every single day really and then on top of that i get paid privately to actually work with certain companies to actually help them with their offers and of course i'm still hired to write copy for certain people if they can afford me on that rate and on top of that i have my own offer coming out as well so it's kind of like a hodgepodge of getting everything out there because the reality is what i love about what i do isn't so much the writing or the copywriting aspect of it. Well, to be fair, that has nothing to do with what my passion is. My passion is actually why and how people think. It just so happens copywriting is the most direct place I can figure out how and why people think the way they do through direct feedback. Um, so it's just a combination of all those things. And again, um, what's really funny about falling into like the world of copywriting was I actually started off as a network marketer, then a digital marketer back when I was an internet marketer back in the day. Um, and then like, Again, it was finding John Carlton, finding a few other people. In fact, I actually wrote to John Carlton when I was 20 on his blog, uh, where if you like Google one, if you Google, like, you can find it on his blog. There's a post I wrote. It's one of his more famous ones going, thanks, John, for actually everything. If it wasn't for you, I would never have learned how to write copy. I was 20 years old. I actually learned how to write copy from his blog, not from any of his courses, just his blog. Years later, I bought one of his programs, which I still recommend to this day. And... Um, yeah, it's been one hell of a wild ride. 
Uh, well, I mean, there. the awesome thing about this is that, um, and, and what I like is, you know, there's a lot of coaches out there, but, you know, learning something and then coaching it, you, you still have to be in the game in order to coach it. I find there's, there's a disconnect sometimes in the industry where you're like, you know, people are coaching others, but they're not doing it. So this is a very changing industry. You can't just, you know, uh, the coach people because you reached a level of success. You kind of have to continue building up your skills, right? Yes and no. Okay. There is a level. There is a level of returns which I actually go to. Like for instance, if I stopped writing copy tomorrow, that does not make me any less of an effective coach at copywriting. Because okay. again, and the reason I say that is because it's not for everyone. Like it's people that my biggest pet peeve, and I have this real pain in the ass thing, where it's like I don't believe you should be putting out horses out there until you've made your clients at least ten million dollars. If you made your client $10 million of copywriting, great, motherfucker, go out there and code, like sell your program, put up your shingle, coach. The reason is why 10 million? You might get that with one client, fair enough. But if you've done it with enough people, you now understand how to win. You know how to lose. You know what the actual situation is. You know how someone's going to come to you when their entire like campaign is blown up badly. You know how to handle that because you've gone through the success and the failure. You've gone through enough of it all to actually see what works on the inside, the outside, and all the metrics, the mindset, and everything else. And at that point, in my opinion, you're able to go ahead and help another. Because up until then, it's it's like Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. It's one of my favorite sports in the world and one of my passions. It's like watching a white belt teach other white belts. You don't know it well enough in order to teach it. You're well enough to actually be three steps ahead of the guy that just started, but there's no way in hell you should be sitting down to teach them the fundamentals of how to throw up a choke or what the sweep is or the counters or the escape is. You've seen it, but you're not practiced it to the point that you've mastered it. And again, there's freaks and stuff like that where they naturally do so, but there's only a few of those. And when it comes down to the whole idea of like, if you stop writing, again, there's a point of diminishing, not point of diminishing returns. There's a point where you can actually just stop and kind of just start coaching. But again, I like to keep my finger on the pulse, which is why I like critiquing other people's copy. It's the reason why I like doing stuff. So even if I'm not actively writing, I'm still somewhat actively writing because I'm looking at what works. I'm getting the feedback from my students going, oh, this ad absolutely crushed it. Thank you so much for actually giving me the insights. Whereas if I completely left that and went, okay, now I'm just going to coach you on how to be the best writer possible, but I'm only going to give you outdated methodology. I'm not going to keep up with changing times because, and this is something that I'm actually, you know what I was going to say we can touch upon, but we'll just go into it. Is that okay with you? Yeah, sure. Go ahead. One of the biggest changes that we've seen in the last 10 years with copywriting that for some reason, no one is seemingly like talking about out there, except for me fucking screaming my voice, uh, like till it's like bleeding is quite simply the whole like what's in it for me situation the we fm wonderful as it is is kind of slightly outdated the whole like they don't care so much about who you are until you can tell them what you do bullshit they do care about who you are if they don't look at the fucking society that we live in today if you don't look at that look at how people are behaving and what they're responding to who are they canceling who are they glorifying? They're not glorifying. They're not canceling people because of what they said, like what they're doing. They're, they're canceling because of who they are and what they said multiple years ago or different time periods. People care more about today who you are than what you do. And if you don't believe me, there's a comedian that said this brilliantly. I wish I could remember this comedian's joke because I've said it so many times. I should really go Google this after the show. Um, quite simply, it was. Yeah, you have a gas attendant named Jeff. You and Jeff are good friends. Um, you guys talk about football. You guys have a great time. You know, you guys have a great, a great conversation about everything. You go home and you're like, Jeff's my buddy. That's the guy I can count on. Then you get social media involved. Then you find out that Jeff actually follows the clan. He likes um, 
alt-right or alt-left or whatever it is. He opposes your views in some way, shape or form or the other. And now you're like, I can't be friends with Jeff anymore. What changed? You found out a little bit more about him. So why is it that we as copywriters believe and no industry believe that people don't give a fuck about what your belief system is? They do. You just yeah. got to be able to address that in your story ahead of time and then get it past that. But anyway, that's my yeah. whole little soapbox thing. You got to be able to actually show people who you are. Well, I mean, to, in order to be a good marketer, right, you need to be adaptable and so forth. So let me ask you a, a question, like a really kind of targeted question on coaching since you do so much of it. Um, you know, somebody who's new in the industry, and I hear a lot of different opinions on this. I hear people who say, focus on one niche. I hear some people say, focus on one type of copy. Like if focus on email, short form, that's like a trend. Some say, you know, become a list manager. Some say, no, you have to be a digital marketer. Now there's so many different ways somebody can be pulled into this industry. And at the end of the day, a lot of newbies or people who are trying to get in the industry, they just want to make a couple of bucks and get some experience. So, you know, my personal opinion, at least when I started, I would just do anything because when I was starting, I was like, okay, you need this. I have some level of skill. Let me try to figure it out. I'll charge you less because I don't know what I'm doing. And you know, if you don't like it, don't pay me. I would literally tell this to people. I'd be like, if you don't like it, don't pay me because I don't, you know, I'd be straight up. I'm not a hundred percent confident in this particular topic. Um, now a lot of the gurus and the coaches really start trying to get people to like niche down to find one copy, like one email copy or long form or social content, whatever. What's your opinion? Like somebody who's new starting out really wants to, to get ahead in the game. What would you tell them to do? Okay. So before I answer that question, can I give yeah. you a teeny bit of background on myself? Yes. Yes. Go so, ahead. So uh, I come from the era where you basically were kind of a gunslinger. All my heroes, Gary Haller, Jay Abraham, Dan Kennedy, all those guys, Joe Sugarman, every single one was a gunslinger. Bring me what you got. I'm going to show you how good I am. So I grew up with that mentality. So I've written in 420 different marketplaces. So that should just give you an idea. So like yes. my thing, my philosophy is very similar. It's take what, like, ethics come first. Don't write for scammy shit. That's my only thing, because that will like weigh your soul down. Yeah. Yes, you make a couple of bucks, but trust me, it's not worth the long-term psychological aspects that you get from actually going, no, like, oh shit, that sold a lot of money, but it was a terrible idea because karma will bite you in the ass. It just will. So I always tell people, like, there's only one thing I really want you to focus on. Write a good fucking sales letter. Because the reality is, if you can write a sales letter, everything else falls into place. I don't know how to write email. Guess what? You know how to write email now. I don't know how to write VSL. Guess what? You know how to write VSL now. I don't know how to do a webinar. Guess what? You now know how to do a webinar. Why? Because everything falls from the idea of this Rosetta Stone called the sales letter. Once you understand the language of copy, you understand what... And by the way, when I say we say long form, we don't mean the whole thing has to be explained out with 15,000 different things. It means you cover every argument possible in your letter, but you keep it concise. Like if I can say a thing in three words instead of five paragraphs, I'm going to say it in three words because it's easy to actually explain. You want to talk to a 10-year-old here, you got to keep their attention because the average person, you're talking to people who are 10 years old, really, um, in terms of like that sweet spot of what there is. So I'd say, if I was to coach anyone, this anyone, and it's like, okay, what are you going to do here? First of all, get good at writing sales letters, but pick whatever market makes you happy. Find the one, like, and the criteria for it is, does it have money? Does it have competition? Is it selling well? If the answer is yes to those three, guess what? You now have a marketplace you can walk into and be like, hi, I see that you're a restaurant. Hi, I see that you're an info product creator. Hi, I see that you're a coach or an expert. I want to write a sales letter for your program because I actually really enjoy it and believe what you're doing. Just test it. Let me know how it runs. And hey, if it works out, 
then pay me some money. If you're one of those people that's like, actually, you know what? I need to get some money up front because that really motivates me. Barter a deal, say I'll take half up front now and half on delivery. If that doesn't work, then say you take 25% up front and whatever it is. And if you really want to make a sales argument like, oh, you're unproven, blah, blah, blah. Here's your sales argument. I'll give it to you right now. The reality is many of these copywriters actually don't want to work three or four clients at once. They want to work one client to actually give it them be- give it their best. Tell your client this. Hey, listen, I don't want to work on four separate client cases at the same time. I want to work on one. If I have to spread my energy over four separate places, I'm not giving anyone my best. And that means that I'm going to fail you. I'm going to fail three other people. What I'd rather do is I take half the money up front, focus entirely on you, give you something I know you can run with. And hey, if it's an absolute winner, great, we move forward. If it's not, after you pay me 100% and it doesn't work out, guess what? I'll do two more revisions for you. I'll go in deeper on the research and we'll see what we come out. At the end of it, you'll have me working three times over or you'll have like an absolute, you'll have a winner or you'll have me work three times over. Simple. It's the old Gary Halbert quote. I, I, like I love pitch. that because I, you know, I deal with some, some writers on, on my end and, you know, there's nothing that peeves me more than when somebody delivers something and doesn't follow up to see how they did. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah. here you go, they get paid and then they just disappear. And I'm like, this sucked. I'm never going to give you another job. And you don't even know, you, you know, that's the biggest lesson here is, you know, you don't know what happened to your copy. So, I mean, that's a great lesson is, you know, once you do something for somebody, it's always good to follow up. And, you know, you might get like, I'm, I'm honest, you know, when people tell me, you know, was it good? I'm, no, it didn't convert. It didn't do well for us. So like you, the response is even more important because we have had, some, you know, I deal with a lot of writers and, you know, for our blog and for, for the podcast and different things that we do. And, and the, the, the response that I get when I give people the honest, like, yeah, it didn't work out. That's the funniest thing that I hear. Sometimes people just ignore. They're like, oh, sorry about that. I'm like, are you kidding yeah. me? That's like such a terrible, you know, way of responding that that obviously shows that you weren't up to the snuff. So, you know, that's very a very important yes. point that you said is revisions and making sure somebody's happy. Obviously, within reason, there's 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 two sides to every every story, but you know. Right. So I'm gonna give you something here that's gonna work on both sides so we can really work this out because I've been on both sides. So when a client says to you, No, this sucks rarely do they actually take the time to sit down with you and tell you why it sucked and how you can better. They just tell you it sucks. And of course, as your copywriting ego is so deflated, you don't actually want to follow up. So you're completely like miserable. So if you're a copywriter, like, oh my God, my client hates my work, ah, whatever it is, respond back with this. Okay, that makes me sad to hear. How can we move this forward? How can I make it better? And what can I do to make sure that I can actually show you my best? That's a great conversation. From If you're the type of person that responds back, Guess what? The reason some, and this is a real reason, sometimes copywriters don't follow up simply because they know, they think their clients will tell them. So no news is good news um, is the way they usually think. If that's the case and you're a client, sometimes just respond back to the copywriter. The copywriter, if you're not responding, just follow up. Say, hey, just want to know what happened with the ad I wrote. Why? Because now you actually know whether or not you, win, you won or failed. If you failed, be like, oh shit, what can I do better? If it was a win, great, what worked? And from the side of the person that hired them, if someone sucked, don't just be like, oh, they sucked. I'm never going to work with them again. Rather be like, hey, man, just so you know, the last thing that we wrote didn't convert as well. Can we get on a call to at least find out how we can make this right? Yeah. Because believe it or not, just by saying those exact words, can we get on a call, figure out how to make this thing right? Nine out of 10 times, you're actually going to get like a really good working relationship and someone's going to stay with you. And again, that's just, um, that's literally from like literally years of, fucking up and winning at the same time like i've had like campaigns that have fucked and i've had campaigns that have won 
what do you think about, um, you know, like the economy is changing right now. Uh, it seems like, you know, copywriting has, you know, obviously had a huge boom in the last couple of years. I mean, when I, I started in this industry a long time ago, not as long as you, but like maybe 15, 17 years ago, something like that. And, you know, there was, it was, there was a couple of copywriters, you know, that people that would self-identify as copywriters. But now, I mean, it just seems like there's a lot more because there's a lot more coaching opportunities and so forth as the economy is changing. And, you know, a lot of people are kind of like freaking out and, you know, what are we going to do and stuff like that? I, you know, I see a lot of what merchants do because we're merchant processors, right? So I see people's portfolios and, you know, I do have to admit there is a little bit of a slowdown, meaning across the board, everybody's, you know, not everybody, but a majority of uh, merchants are kind of starting to see some slowdowns um, in terms of sales. How do you differentiate yourself from the pack? Like in my opinion, uh, for example, somebody who writes emails for me is not as useful as somebody who's going to take those emails pop them into active campaign, create some automations for me and kind of manage the whole thing. So, you know, how do you find that like, as the economy constricts or things change uh, in general, that you need to be kind of more like of a, call it a full service type of marketer or copywriter? No, no, no? because okay. the, the, the term of copywriting is so fucking bastardized today that I don't actually consider it I consider 99.5% of copywriters in the last six years not copywriters by my standards. I consider them writers. They're mostly content writers. Hello, that's all you do. Because a real copywriter, and I mean real copywriter, if you speak to them, they know how the offer works. They know how the positioning goes. They know exactly what needs to go into the like the creation. They understand the design. They understand the technology and the systems. They understand the marketing. They understand the strategic side. So if you're that level of a copywriter, you're like you're an incredible piece of source of information. Like if you hired me to write emails for you, and what I said to you was like, great, I can write emails for you, but really what I'd suggest that you do is look at the strategic planning of when these emails go out, when they need to be done, how they need to be handled. Oh, by the way, do you have someone on your team that can actually implement these for me? No, I don't have someone like that. Great. I don't like doing that. Can you take care of it? Just hire someone on Fiverr or whatever it is. It's good with active campaign. I'll manage them. Because play to your strengths. I might not actually like going into active campaign or whatever your email service provider yeah. is. But what I'm really good at is making sure that I align everything out in the right time period. Because if I say, look, this email goes out Monday, this one goes out on Tuesday, and this one goes out on Friday. And I can't tell you the reason why I've given you a three-day break in between. That's not that's me shooting at the hip and being very blind. But if I'm strategic about it, going, look, Monday and Tuesday are your best two days. Wednesday, Thursday, Wednesday and Thursday are pretty much dead. Friday, Saturday is when you're really going to get the huge bump. I don't have the time to sit through and actually put all these in. Can you get me someone that can, or I can find someone that can do this and we put this through the budget system? Yeah. It's all good because that alleviates tension out of your system, but also proves that I'm more than just a writer. There's a commodity because writers are just commodities waiting to get fucked and they need to be very, very aware of this. Um, that means that that means on every level. So what you've got to do is either go full service, as you were saying, which actually really works, or you go strategic high level, which is what I've always been talking about is once you're at that level of like, I'm looking at this on, I'm not playing 2d here. I'm playing 4d. Um, I'm going two levels above everyone else. Like I'm looking at how does your sales letter work? How does your email work? How does your opt-in work? What's your traffic source look like? If I'm taking the entire funnel into concept here and building that out, you become far more valuable than just one type of person. And by the way, you can literally do it this way. Like one of the things that we teach in um, the CMMP and my business partner, Shiv Shetty, talks about is becoming a, um, what's it called? 
It's the buffet model of copywriting. You basically end up a retainer client for us and we end up doing everything for you. It's from sales letters, emails, Facebook ads, whatever it is. So we don't do implementation. We just take care of all the copy you need. You send it to us. We have a system in place. We work Monday through Friday with you or whatever days we've set with you. You pay us a set amount. We get this work done. You get it delivered. You have your tech person implement it. And we coordinate with your team as well. So you basically become a key integral part of that person's team. And you step away from the mercenary role. That's one way of doing it. If you're definitely like stuck to the, hey, I want to always be a mercenary. I want to work and make a $15,000 sales letter and then fuck off for like three months and go travel the world or whatever it is. Great. You can still do that. But what you've now got to be aware of is when you do that, you got to basically strategically guide your client through how to make sure every single aspect of that thing works off. For instance, I've had clients that I've written sales copy for and they put it online and it looks like nothing that I envisioned. There's no, it's all like three para, three sentence paragraphs. By the way, one sentence paragraphs are your best fucking friend. The reason is readability. If it's all sent to text, guess what? I yell at my clients and go headlines and subheadlines should only be the only thing that's sent to text and your order button. Everything is left aligned. And if you don't know why that reason is, here's the exact reason. Rudolph Flesh, the guy that basically... Um, set up our entire reading system over the last hundred years. It was a German dude who basically taught the brain to go from left to right in our schooling system. Our formative years are literally designed in the West to read it left to right. If we go center text, all our work becomes constricted to this little box view, which means all this extra stuff that's actually meant for context falls by the wayside, which means now the brain is working at higher levels and causing more brain calories to be burned, which means the message isn't going through, which means your copy is now sucking. So don't do that to yourself. So what it sounds like is, is, you know, you can't, I'm going to reiterate. I don't think you can, based on your answer, you, you can't just be a copywriter these days. You got to be, you know, like if, if you give somebody a sales letter, you almost have to design it for them or, or give them like clear direction. Like this has to be here and that has to be there and add an image here. And I would do this here. So it, there is almost this like kind of pull and drive towards becoming a marketer. So yeah. let, let me ask you this question, you know, becoming a, just like a, I don't know what marketing manager or chief marketing officer, whatever you want to call it. It can't just be copy. You have to kind of understand more. Do you think yeah. that the only way, like the only path, or or can you tell me some paths on how to kind of, you know, transition for marketer and go through all these different steps and really get a handle in this? Do you need a coach? Um, is there, is it better you buy courses? Like what are some different ways that people can kind of improve their skill? Because, you know, you can't go to you can't go to school for this kind of stuff, right? This is not available yet. So what's the most effective way? Do you think it's coaching or do you think if you're self-motivated, you can go, you know, kind of on YouTube or, or what can you do? Okay. So first of all, just to go back one step, I love the fact that you summarized. And I'm sorry that we're not on a completely random tangent now on my last question. But um to answer this one, it's actually a combination of all. So you want to be self-motivated in the sense of if you buy someone's course, look at how their funnel is structured, look at how their business is delivered. Now, my stuff is the worst stuff to look at, to study for one simple reason. I'm literally putting one offer up. I don't have an upsell on the back end and I don't want an upsell on the back end. It's literally, hey guys, do you want to buy this thing? Go buy this thing. It's one price done. And the reason is that's just out of my own ease of... um just how I am. It's it's just my own ease uh, of how I do things. But if you look at other places, like look at other marketplaces, look at how they've structured their funnels. I mean, if you look at the stuff that Russell Brunson's doing um, with Funnel Hackers Live, that's a quick shortcut of seeing multiple different funnels and multiple different business models being worked in the same place. That's one way. 
The second is you can get a coach, but make sure it's a coach that's actually actively doing their stuff and knows what they're doing. And they've had enough experience simultaneously as actively doing it. Um, because if you don't, you're going to get screwed up and it's going to be sucky. So make sure that's actually all in place. Thirdly, buy a course and go through it. Like literally see it through to the very, very end. Because most times what you'll find with a copywriting course that teaches you how to write copy and gives you all the technical aspects, which is what you know I go into, um, that will give you a strategic idea of the psychology of what you need to think about and what you how you need to think about it. Then the marketing aspect becomes really simple. The sales aspects becomes really simple. It then becomes like this complete thing and the coaching just kind of speeds it up. So you can go your own route, go through a course, apply it, study what's going on, see what's happening, go that way. Yes, you can pick up a lot of stuff on YouTube, but that's fine. Coaching, absolutely wonderful. But the one key thing out of all this that neither one of us have mentioned, do the fucking work. Oh. That is genuinely the only place you're actually going to get the real experience. Do the work. Don't be afraid of failing. If you fail, pick yourself back up, walk again. Something I will tell you that very few people know about me. Joe Sugarman is, may rest in peace, is one of the literal reasons I kept going when I was 22 years old. Because I messaged him out the blue and said, Joe, I feel like I want to quit. I know that this is a really random message to get from a 22-year-old. I really feel like I hate everything right now. I've been doing this for four years. I'm not succeeding the way I want. Made other people money. No one's giving me any respect. I kind of suck. Blah, 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 blah. All this really ranty shit. I'm really sorry that I'm sending this to you. He wrote back saying, Adel, go read my book. Go read Success Principles. I'll tell you right now, when I started out, I only succeeded two out of 10 times. Now I succeed eight out of 10 times. Why? Because I never gave up. You can give up and then you can bitch and moan about it. We can get back up and keep going until you get it right. Just keep asking yourself, do this. Like, again, this is a three-step thing. Debrief. What went right? What went wrong? What can I do better? Great. Next time, go again. Try and make it better. And this is where the coaching aspect really comes in. But you've got to put the time in to fail as well as succeed. Let, let me, okay, so I, I'm going to position a little bit of a contrarian point of view. It, you know, you've coached a lot of people. Uh, is there sometimes where you're coaching somebody, you're like, this this guy or girl is just, this is not, this is never going to work. You know, I mean, we have this, this thing in our industry and, you know, I, I'm a little bit of a realist sometimes. And, you know, sometimes I, I talk to different people and I'm like, this guy's got it. This girl's got it. This one, I just, I just don't, don't see it ever progressing there. Is there ever a time that you, you would just say, listen, no matter how much you practice, no matter how much you, you do something, you just don't have it, the it factor. Cause I feel like every industry, any job you do, there is, ha there has to be some kind of natural talent or inclination. Is there ever a time that you would tell somebody, this is not your career path. This is just not what you're meant to be doing. Not that you're talentless, but maybe just not in this particular, you know, industry or or job. Yeah. Yeah, I've had that conversation a couple. I was thinking in my head, like, have I ever had this conversation? It's like, yeah, I've had it with a few people. And I can tell you exactly what the it factor is in copywriting if you can't sell. Okay. If you can't sell, that's literally it. If you can't sell, like don't. physically, like like meaning yeah. can you be a good salesperson? That that's yeah, what you're yes. so you should just go get a job at a clothing store, test yourself out, see what happens. Exactly. Because every great copywriter I know is a great salesperson because um, Gary Halbert said it best. And it's one of his best quotes, in my opinion, which is copywriting is salesmanship in print. True. It's a lot. It's a lot easier to teach a salesperson how to write than it is to teach a writer how to sell. Because oh, I work great at writing. I know how words are. Guess what? Copywriting is going to break a lot of the rules that you've grown up with around how to write properly. 
I mean, for the love of goodness, one sentence paragraphs should make you want to cringe if you're a writer because it's like, oh my God, that's so incorrect. Yeah. But it works because it's conversation. That's how conversations work. They work in short bursts of conversation. It's like, like you don't go on a huge rant where yeah. it's just nonstop. You go on a small rant, but then if you break those down, it's literally one sentences that you can actually really show down and they're really strong bullet points. And that's kind of like where I see it. Like, you can actually, like, some people are very timid. They're like, oh, I don't think I sell. Try. Selling isn't about the gift of the gab. It's about, if you want the secret to selling, it's really simple. Listen to the other person, figure out what the benefits and the advantages of your product are, and tell them exactly what the product, the advantages of products are and how their life improves. You do those things, and guess what? You've now got good at selling. You just got to get out of your own way. You got to get out of your own way and actually be like, oh, okay, that's what it is. Then copywriting kind of builds in. The ones that haven't been able to do that, you just got to let them down gently. Be like, listen, you're really good at this thing, but you're not really good at this other thing. I reckon you should actually find another career. Yeah, I mean, there's other things in direct response. You can be a good traffic buyer, maybe if, you know, it's a little bit of a math game and so forth. So um, there is this like, I feel like just watching a lot of people around me and, and being in the direct response world, it almost feels like, a lot of coaches are telling people that if you want to be a copywriter, you can. And I was like, well, yes, to a certain point, because sometimes just people are just not kind of good and they can keep trying and trying and trying. It's just not their, um, not their stick. You know, it's just not, it doesn't work for them. So it's, it's important to also look at that part of the industry. Not everybody's going to succeed and that's okay. You know, it, it took me three or four jobs before I realized what I can do and what I'm good at and so forth. Um, in terms of the offers that you have, and, you know, you, you mentioned a couple of things like, you know, you, you have survivalists and so forth. What's working like right now? What, what is, you know, maybe a couple, like one or two tips that somebody can can implement in their offers we're, we're moving away from the coaching questions i have a, a you know just okay. offer building and and kind of uh sales sales wise what are like one or two things that you're like this is working right now this is hot try this oh, okay. oh i said I'm, like, I'm, like, I'm gonna give you i'm gonna give a few because okay. I got to rattle a few off here. So first of all, the basic ones, whenever you're selling to an audience that's basically more entrepreneurial, remove the word learn. Learn's a dangerous word. It's not to do with like, oh, I don't want to study. It's because it reminds them of school. And that's like a psychological trigger. I mean, for the love of goodness, I spent $50,000 of my own money over 10 years putting people in an MRI machines to find this out. This word just does not work really well. Now, the caveat is it depends on how it's framed. For sometimes it does work that way because I've had someone go, hey, that didn't actually like load conversions on this thing. I was like, yeah, fair enough. It just depends on the market you're playing with at times and where they're at. But most of the time, it's had no raw win. The second is formatting. Kind of a huge thing. Get rid of the center text bullshit that you see everywhere. Left align, please. One sentence, paragraphs, headlines, subheadlines, order buttons, all in the middle. Happy days. You're ready to go. Go classic. It really works. Design aspects. Design works, by the way. If you have a really beautifully well-designed website with really good, powerful copy, you kind of got to match me in heaven. The reason why ugly usually wins is because they haven't integrated ugly into happy and beautiful. It's very simple to do. If something is appeasing and sounds great, it actually works wonders as well. Next up, kind of a big thing here as well. Remove the fear from copy. I have hopped on about this for so many goddamn years. People buy more. Yes, people buy from fear mongering. It's why the world fucking works. But believe it or not, people will stay with you for a long period of time. Yes, your initial front end will go down, but your back end and customer lifetime and loyalty goes through the roof when there is less fear and there is more pleasure. People escape fear, fine, but they seek pleasure way more. 
think about it. Why do you think we are actually entirely addicted to our pleasures? Do you think we're addicted to our fears as much as we are addicted to our pleasures? If that was the case, then uh, again, I was going to go off a complete tangent here. Actually, screw it. We'll go there. Um, <laughs> masturbation is like all the way through up. Sex is all the way through up. Like all, Why do you think the porn industry thrives the way it does? Why do you think the spirituality industry thrives the way it does? By the way, spirituality is pretty much just OnlyFans for like, if you're getting like really split up, OnlyFans is mostly male um, subscribers. Spirituality is mostly women subscribers. It's almost the same thing at that level. Here's the funny thing. They're all actually seeking pleasure. Their addiction is pleasure. It's not pain. Yeah. It's not avoidance of pain. It's like addicted to pleasure. So that should give you an entire metric system of exactly what really works. So get rid of the fear in your copy and actually have a conversation. Third, or fourth, or actually even fifth at this point. No, well, it's yeah, essentially we're fourth. We're fourth. Yeah. We're fourth. <laughs> have a conversation. Like people want to know who you are. Like literally read your copy out loud. Like have once you've written it, give it a day, come back, read it out loud and go, if I said this to another human being, what would they say to me? And if you really want to test this out, go out and find your ideal customer in the real world in a coffee shop and say, hey, that's going to sound really weird. But I can't borrow you for five minutes. I really want to check out an advertisement right now um, that I've written. I want to see whether or not it works. Great. And then boom, you go into it. That's awesome. And I mean, yeah. there's there's always people willing to help you on social. Sometimes you just have to, you know, if you need an opinion on something, I do this all the time and just like, hey, can you just look at this and see, you know, five minutes? Can you do that? And if, if you can't find somebody, go on like Fiverr. There's plenty of people willing to do things for five bucks. Right. But make sure it's the right people because yes. you might have someone like, oh, this is amazing. And they're the complete wrong person. And by the way, I also may or may not have given you like the greatest pickup line ever because this also does work to start conversations with complete strangers. It's like, hi, could you read this advertisement? And they read it and they're like, oh, this is really funny. And now you can strike a conversation from that if you wanted. But the reality, and again, this is the big one. Copywriting is pretty much sales and dating combined. If you know how to do both, you're happy fucking days. If you don't, get good at both because it's really simple. Because once you understand how the human psyche works and what we're really seeking, you can get through it very, very quickly. Now, one thing I kind of want to go back to that's going to sound a little bit contra controversial, like contradictory here, have some element of pain, some element. And here's what I mean by it. If you were to get brownies, because we all fucking love brownies, if you don't, fucking find your favorite thing that's sweet then, whatever it is, sprinkle a little sea salt on top of it i guarantee you'll take that brownie to another level that's why we have salted caramel because caramel is amazing and you added salted caramel and that's like oh my god so much better why because we need a little bit of that saltiness a little bit of that pain to actually make the sweet taste better so a little bit on top does you wonders if you go really hard and ham with it you're over salting your goddamn food and people will be like Oh, God damn it. Why? Now I have to buy. Oh, God, I hate myself. You don't want that. You want people who are going to stay with you for a long time. And if you want a really good book on this, The Culting of Brands is a great example. Or if you want, um, check out my buddy Peter Kell's stuff that he's doing over at Mind Valley and look at their advertising. They're doing absolutely great numbers over there. So. That's awesome. Well, uh, Adil, I'm very, very excited that we got to connect and thank you so much for your time. And everybody, I'm going to have some links down below of a couple of things uh, that our guest has mentioned. And obviously, if you want to connect with them, I will put some links there as well. Thank you so much for your time and have yourself a great day. Thank you so much for having me. Take care, guys. Hope you found today's session valuable. If you have any questions for me or just want to connect, please feel free to visit my website, mariasparagis.com. That's M-A-R-I-A-S-P-A-R-A-G-I-S.com. 
I'd love to hear what you're working on. So drop me a line on any hot button issues your business is experiencing. And remember, don't worry about failure. You only have to be right once.